Thanks for tuning in to the Hope Church Podcast. We hope that you're blessed and encouraged to walk out the gospel as you listen to this message. I was going to just share with you, we heard from some of our missionaries in Rwanda, the Makambi family, uh, this week that uh, the country has been under total lockdown and uh, they've actually not been allowed to leave their homes. And through technology, they'd actually started uh, a radio show, ministry, whatever, I guess not a show, a <laughs> ministry. And uh, in only two Sundays, 300 people gave their lives to Jesus. It's pretty awesome. And what they're doing now, their heart is discipleship and family. What they're doing now is they're actually uh, releasing, you know, I don't know how this all works exactly, but sending people out to the regions where people responded to actually disciple the people that responded. It's pretty amazing. So be praying for them. Um, I'm excited to share what the Lord has given me today. Last week, if you weren't here, we were in uh, Mark chapter 4, and we talked about the story of Jesus and the disciples in a boat in the middle of the sea on their way from one side to another. We talked about being in the in-between. Were you all here? Okay. Did you like it? Okay. (laughs) If you didn't, please be silent. Um, I'm just kidding. But we talked, about, we talked about this place of being in the in-between, in-between where you are and where you're going, the in-between of what God has spoken and the fulfillment of what he said. And one of the things that we saw last week in the scripture is that you can be sailing right along in the will of God and you can hit some turbulent waters. And as these disciples and Jesus were, were traveling from one side of the Sea of Galilee to the other, that's exactly what happened. Uh, there they were in the will of God, cruising along. And we know they were in the will of God, remember, because Jesus said to get into the boat, we're going to the other side. So as the storm hit, they were in the will of God, and right in the, in the middle, they experienced a problem. Not a small problem, It was actually a gigantic mega storm kind of problem. And one of the things that we took from this moment is that as Jesus leads us, that when we find ourselves in a problem or with a problem, that we have to remember the promise. That we have to remember the promise. That we have to remember what we've heard in the midst of what we see. That should have an amen right there. You amened a lot last week, so you already got amen. But we also saw that what tells you that you are off track or maybe out of the will of God isn't that there's a problem. It isn't the externals that are happening to you as you sail forward following Jesus that determine if you're in the will of God. Meaning, it isn't the will, what's happening around you isn't what determines whether you're in the will of God. What tells you that you're in the will of God is whether you're doing what he said or not. The length of time, as long as it may seem, as you're journeying and following Jesus between what he has spoken to you and the fulfillment of what he has said does not determine whether you're in the will of God or not. What tells you that you're in the will of God is whether you're doing what he said or not. So faith comes by hearing 
and hearing by the word of God. So we hear something from the Lord. He speaks to us through scripture, right? Or he speaks to us some other way. Prophecy, dreams, visions, whatever it might be. Just that knowing in your heart you hear from the Lord, the, the peace of God on something that, you, that doesn't make any sense. And we respond to that word and we begin to walk in it. And that's what we do. We read about the parable of the sower last week. He sows the seed in us. God sows the seed of his word in us. And depending on the condition, depending on the fertility of the soil that that seed lands in is what's gonna determine if that word can bring forth fruit. So that's why tending, we've talked about this before, tending and guarding our heart, guarding the soil of our heart to be ready, to re be receptive to his voice, to his word is so central to all of life so that I'm positioned not just to hear, but I'm positioned for that word to go down deep, to get planted so I can respond and then it bears fruit. So let's look again this morning at Mark chapter four, verse 23, and we're gonna be in multiple places in the gospels today, but I wanna just go back and launch off from where we were last week in Mark four, verse 23, starting there. Jesus said, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. Because with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. So Jesus is giving here both a promise and a warning. He seems to be telling the disciples and his followers this, that the level to which they pay attention to what he's teaching them will be the level at which they will receive and walk in kingdom reality. That as I hear, as I pay attention, I'm actually invited to more. As I listen to what he's saying, it actually creates this dynamic in the kingdom that I'm invited into more, incrementally, more and more and more and more. He's not talking about earning anything. He's talking about paying attention in a way that you're gonna be sure to access and to draw from the account. There's this account of all the resources of heaven that are available to us. And he's saying, pay attention, because the person who hears and does and puts to use, puts into action what they hear, they're gonna have more. How many wanna have more? <laughs> then we gotta be faithful to what we've heard, right? The person who doesn't though, even what they have will be taken away, they'll lose it. And I don't know about you, but this really challenges me because when Jesus gives an invitation, there's something within me, it's like the spirit of God just rises up and I'm like, I want more. I want more, I wanna respond to that, I'm, I'm hungry for more. The one who has ears to hear shall be given more. <laughs> so in the last couple months, I was thinking about this, there's just been these themes that have come out. I don't know if you've paid attention to the themes 
um, there's just these different themes between our teaching team, Pastor Gary and Heath and myself and, and others. But I was thinking about the messages that I've shared over the last couple of months. You know, I was thinking about Joshua. We were in the book of Joshua, right? For a couple of weeks. Joshua hearing the voice of God and then responding with faith-filled obedience. And as a stepping into the promised land, right? We talked about walking in the Spirit for a couple of weeks after that, like staying in step with the Holy Spirit, living in this place of increased awareness of Him. And then last week, we talked about this place of the in-between, the in-between of what God has said and the fulfillment of it. And I just think there's just been this theme that I think is really just very much at the heart of the Jesus life, and it's this. I'm alive and breathing for the will of God. That I'm, I woke up today, the intention for my life, the intention of the word that was sent called Josh Thompson from heaven is to live for the will of the Father. I'm most alive and I don't know if you have, have experienced this, but I'm most alive. I think it's John Piper that says this, that, that I'm most alive when he is most glorified through me. I'm alive to hear the voice of my father. And then I'm here to respond to what he's saying through faith-filled obedience. I think that this is very central to the Jesus life. A life that's no longer my own, but a life that's laid down in total surrender. I think we could preach surrender every single week in some form, and it would be good for the church. Amen? Eugene Peterson calls it a, a, a long obedience in the same direction. How many know that living for the will of God isn't just here and there? It's actually a posture. It's actually an attitude. It's actually this long haul with him. It's not like, oh, be, obey him today, and then tomorrow we'll see what happens. It's this posturing of my heart saying a long obedience in the same direction. It's the way of Jesus. It's the way he lived on the earth. Listen to what Jesus says about his life in John 6, 38. It's very familiar. He says, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. He says in chapter 4, verse 34, he says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. This is the prayer at the heart of the prayer of Jesus. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. That's the reason I've come, he's saying, right? My food, he's saying, what, what keeps me alive is to actually do the will of the Father. Even in his final days, right, in his final moments, he says, not my will, but yours be done. All the way to the cross, right? And I just, this morning, I've been thinking about these themes, and, and I think sometimes we can talk about these themes of hearing from God and obeying, but if we don't hear from God or we're not positioned to hear from God, how can we obey? Right? If we don't know how to take in what he's saying, then how can we walk out what he's doing? So this morning, I want to I just talk real practically about positioning our lives to hear so that we can live the fullest measure of his will. Every single one of us was made to hear from God. Every single one of us in this room 
was designed to hear. And yet I hear so often that many feel like they can't hear from God. And I wanna really just help us in this today. Because there's a, there's a difference between hearing and listening. Hearing can be passive. Listening is intentional. Sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll ask my kids when I'm talking to them and I can see them glazed over, like some of you right now. I'll say, are you listening? You know, like, are you listening to what I'm saying? I can hear something in a conversation but not be listening, not paying attention. Sometimes I'm multitasking and I'm hearing what somebody is saying to me but not really listening to anything because I'm not absorbing it. If I'm sitting across from my wife on date night and we're sitting at a restaurant and she's excited to be with me and I'm excited to be with her and we sit down, this just happened, and I came from like 25,000 meetings in one day and I sit down, right, in that booth and I'm hearing her voice, but I'm not listening. I'm not paying attention. And then what happens is when she asks me what she just said, <laughs> I'm in trouble. Right? Of course, I would never do this. This is just hypothetical. But listening, we could say, is giving intentional attention. And I think that that's what Jesus is saying here when he says pay attention. He's, he's saying be intentional. Be intentional to listen to what is being said. Sometimes I think there isn't so much um, hard of hearing as there's hard of listening. We hear so much, right? We hear so much. But the goal here of hearing the voice of God, of listening for the voice of God, is connection. It's, it's closeness. Sometimes my, you know, I just think about marriage. Like sometimes, you know, we talk about all these things I'm hearing, I'm hearing, I'm hearing, but I'm not really connecting to the heart. I think this is what can happen with us. And, and, and we miss that really the, 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 the goal of hearing and listening for his voice is closeness. It's intimacy. When I read my Bible, is it just like I'm checking it off the list or I have a little prayer time in the morning, check? Or am I reading and am I with him because I actually want communion? I actually want not to just, just to do this thing, but I actually want to listen and I actually want to hear. We talk about hearing and obeying God. I think it's important to realize that we're not just robots. Right? Like, like this isn't just taking commands from God. Obedience isn't about just like taking orders and checking off a list. Sometimes I think we can think uh, of obedience as a sort of unquestioning compliance. Here I want to tell you, God isn't controlling. He wants our hearts. He wants our hearts. His desire is to break, isn't to break our will, but to actually shape our will where we want to want him. 
where we desire to follow him, where we desire to be close to him. It isn't I have to. It's a shifting and a shaping of my heart saying, I want to do your will. And if we think that this is about unquestioning compliance or just robotic activity, if that's our conclusion, I think we miss so much. Romans 8, 14 says this, as many are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. The Spirit of God leads and speaks to the sons and the daughters of God, which means the sons and daughters of God here. Hear, because in order to be led, you have to hear. You have to be able to hear. We're sons and daughters made in the image of God. We are made to commune. We are made to walk. We are made to talk with God, with the God of the universe. Did you know he loves to talk to you? Do you know that when I start getting in a rut and routine and I start just serving God just to serve him instead of out of relationship, I miss that he actually loves to talk with me? You know, sometimes I'll have meetings with people and they have an agenda and I just want to be with them. Like, oh, I was so excited to hang out with this person and then they break out the list. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they break out the list. Here we go. Well, I want to talk to you about this and this and this. And I'm like, oh, I thought we were just hanging. Then they were trying to sign me up for some multi-level something. I'm just kidding. I'm, jo I'm joking. That actually doesn't happen. But We're made to talk. We're made to walk. God likes to be with you. God loves to share his heart with you. We are... The Bible says new creations created and designed to embody and express who he is through our lives to co-labor. You know, you can't co-labor without communication. You can't co-labor without, without really knowing the one that you are laboring with, that you're walking with. And it's through love relationship where I'm in him and he's in me. So as we've talked these last weeks, I don't want it to be robotic. I don't want it to be like Joshua heard the voice of the Lord and he did it. You know what I mean? Like it, it's this relationship, this place of sweet communion where he is so fully alive in us, so fully seen and then expressed through my life. Not just a part of my life, but he's my life. Where I want what he wants in such a way that I'm eager to hear, I'm eager to please him, where I'm anticipating what he is saying because I can't wait to join him in what he's doing because whatever he's doing is good. Like what if the church just believed that whatever God was up to was good? Like what if we just woke up in the morning and, 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 and from the posture of whatever God has for me are good, is good today. The plans he has are good so I can't wait to hear what the plan is. Even if the plan is gonna require more of me than I, I realized. But because it's so good, I'm, I'm like surrendered, I'm living for the will of God that I'm sitting on go. I'm sitting on go. Whatever he, he wants to share with me, no matter how, how much it hurts, is from a place of love. So here's the thing, when I'm talking to somebody, 
and I want to hear better. I've noticed this about myself, something that I do. I lean in. Now, don't judge me if I'm sitting with you and I don't lean in. Like, doesn't mean I don't, I don't want to hear you. But it might, but... Um, but I lean in when I'm actually anticipating, you know, what, what they're, what they're going to say. I've been thinking about this idea of just leaning in to hear, to listen, to pay attention. And I'm not a big football guy, but, I, you know, I see the football teams out on the field. When they have a timeout in the field, you know, they, they huddle around on the field and they lean in to the coach, don't they? They lean in. And, and then they go and they do what the coach said because they desire to do the will of the coach. I think this is the posture that we're talking here of leaning in to the will of God to listen. And it's not only an action. I believe leaning in is an attitude. It's not just, a, it's not just a, okay, I'm going to lean in now. It's like, it's like I can't help but lean in because I want to hear what he's saying. I want to hear what he's saying today. Listen to what Jesus says in John 7, 17. This really opened up to me this past week. He says, if anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I'm speaking on my own authority. So I heard somebody talk about this. He's saying, if your approach to life is that you're willing to do what God says, your hearing will be clearer. Say it again. If your approach to life is that you're willing to do what God says, your hearing will be clearer. If your will, right? So like I could give you like all these things to do to like five steps to hearing God, you know, but I, I feel like there's some foundational things that actually when they're in place, you'll hear. Right? Like, like if your will and your heart is to do his will before he even speaks, you'll be positioned to hear. Like, you'll be able to tell the difference between what came from the Father and what came from somebody else. You'll be able to tell what's from God and what's not. What he's saying is that it's our willingness to obey. It's the desire to do the will of God that positions me to hear and to know. And the priority of his will in my life is what invites his voice. The priority of his will in my life, not just this, it is a lot of daily decisions, but if I wake up in the morning and the priority is his will, I am positioned to hear. It's what gives me ears to hear. If I had points, here's point one. I know, like, I, I'm not very good at points. Have you figured that out? Like, I like points, but sometimes it makes me feel like I'm like, hey, three steps to heaven on earth. You know, or like, what? there's great. Points are great. I'm, I'm for them. Do them. Have them. I will when I'm supposed to. So if I, I'm sorry. If I had a point, or points, here's point number one. My desire to obey invites his voice. My willingness to say yes before he speaks attracts his voice all the more. 
And I just wonder what would happen as a community of believers if we predetermined that our yes is already his before he speaks. Like, I wonder what would happen. What do you, what do you think would happen? And draw near to God. God will draw near to you. What if it's lean into God with your yes and God will lean into you? And he'll share with you. My yes to his will draws his voice. I think that what we do in a real practical sense is this, that um, we regularly invite through prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to search us. And we actually ask him, is there anything that you've spoken that I've knowingly or unknowingly not had a yes to? takes courage. But if we're serious about the question, we'll do it. If we're serious about the Jesus way, the Jesus life, I'm going to ask him, is there anything in me that hasn't had a yes or responded to the yes that you're speaking to me? Would you reveal it? Because you're so kind and you're so good and you're so gentle. And I just begin to talk with him about it. Sometimes we try and hide from God, don't we? We know he said something and we try and hide from it. Did you know God sees everything and knows everything? You can't hide from him. So be honest with him, right? Are you picking this up? Like, why don't we just be honest about what we're afraid of? Why don't we be honest about, about, about what we're concerned about? Be honest about our doubts and our disappointments with him. Because if we're not in that communication with him, we'll get shut down. And when we get shut down, we can't hear See, sometimes we get jammed up on the inside because stuff gets bottled up. But when we're honest with him and we're, we're saying, God, I, I didn't say yes to this. I, I actually said no to it. Or he reveals something. When we're honest and that honesty comes in, we confess it. He's faithful, right? He's just to forgive us. And then it opens the lines of communication to hear and we can proceed living in the will of God. I don't wallow around in the shame and the guilt and regret and self-disdain. I get out. I get it out. I get it out because I don't want any distance. Like, I don't want any distance between me and the Lord because when there's distance, then there's not hearing. The air gets cleared then and my yes gets restored. How many want to sit on yes with him? I do too. Sometimes... I think God isn't speaking the next word simply because we haven't said yes to the last word. Right? Like, I've, I've known that that's been true in my life before, but guess what? We don't have to stay in that place. Right now, you don't have to stay in that place. The lines of communication, the lines of connection and intimacy can be restored right now. Holy Spirit in us will reveal if we truly desire to hear and desire to please him. So we can move on, live in the fullness of what he has. Listen to this prayer. I was, just came across this a while back of Thomas Merton. I think it'll be on the screen. He says this. This is his prayer. He says, my Lord God, I have no idea where I'm going. <laughs> have you ever felt like that? <laughs> okay, just me. <laughs> I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end. Nor do I really know myself. 
And the fact that I think that I am following your will does not mean that I'm actually doing so. He says, but I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope that I have that desire in all that I am doing. And I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Whew, I think that is so powerful. My desire to obey invites his voice. My desire to please him, that posture to please him, invites his voice. Somebody's alarm is going off. It's been going off for a while. If there was a second point this morning to positioning ourselves to hear, I think it would be this. Lean in and be quiet. <laughs> I'm not talking to that child. <laughs> this stuff always happens to me. <laughs> Poor kid. We love you, children. Lean in and be quiet. Turn to somebody and say, be quiet. That was perfect. Thank you for doing that exactly where I needed it. Be quiet. <laughs> Jesus began his ministry in quiet. Forty days alone in the desert, right? And he continued that practice. Mark chapter 1, verse 35 says this about Jesus. It says, in rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, it says he departed and went out to a desolate place. Other versions say quiet place. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And they found him and said to him, everyone is looking for you. How many know that when you actually determine to go to a quiet place, everyone will be looking for you? <laughs> everyone and everything will be looking for you. Your phone will be looking for you. You think of things that you never thought of before. I need, to, I need to check, you know, the records from five years ago on this. No, you don't, right? But what Jesus does is he goes to this quiet place, and it's the pattern over and over for him. All through the Gospels, Jesus would go, he'd be alone, he'd go, and he'd, we could say, lean in to be quiet. A 40-day intensive in the desert wouldn't be enough to sustain I think what Jesus modeled for us is certainly there are extended times of quiet, but you've got to learn how to be quiet in the middle of real life. You've got to learn how to get away and be quiet in the middle of all that, that God is using you for in your life and all that you're giving yourself to. Luke says that Jesus would often, it says, often withdraw to lonely places to pray because he would need consistent times alone with the Father and I just want to suggest, so do we. If you don't have it already, I know this is Sunday School 101. I just believe everybody has hours with the Lord every day, right? I want to encourage you, though, to find a regular time and a regular place to lean in 
and consistently be quiet. To just be quiet to him. We need this. He wants to be with us and he wants to share his heart with us. And if we're not quiet, we can't hear. I believe one of the biggest reasons that we lack hearing is we lack quiet. And if we can't hear, there won't be any faith. Because faith comes by hearing. How can we obey if we've not heard? How can you stand on a promise if you've not heard the promise? How can you go if you haven't heard go? How can you stay if you haven't heard stay? How can you be led if you haven't heard what the first step is of where you're being led to? I think one of the central ways that we position ourselves to hear is through solitude and quiet. Not once or twice or a couple of weeks in a row, but actually if we're serious about it, I think it's an often withdrawing to quiet places to pray. Your spirit knows when you need to be quiet, doesn't it? My spirit knows when I need to be quiet. Many times I listen, sometimes I don't. But that drawing away to places of quiet actually allows us to be able to listen and hear and the screams all around us become silenced after a while. Holy Spirit in you knows when you need to turn down the radio. Amen? And to listen to his voice so you can hear more. I love technology. I'm thankful for technology. I have no desire to rant against it. I think it's a gift. I think we can use it in powerful ways. But I was just thinking about this, how much things have changed even in the last 25 years. I'm only 25. I'm, not, I'm only 25. I'm only 45. But, but I think about the daily moments of life, how they've changed so much from even 25 years ago. You know, those, those little moments in your day, those opportunities to be quiet, those opportunities to just think, to listen, to just heal from the noise, like those first moments of, of awareness in the morning, like what do we do? Like we didn't used to carry around a computer that could reach the whole world with us all day, right? And do those moments in the morning, do we grab that device and check this and check that? You know, like what happens in the, the coffee line, you know, what happens in the, the drive-through? What do we do, right? What happens at this stoplight or, or picking up the kids or waiting for that next appointment to arrive or that meeting to start? What do we do with those opportunities? What if those opportunities are really opportunities to lean in and be quiet? I'm preaching to myself. I think we have more time than we realize to lean in. I challenge you to think about it, to actually ask the Holy Spirit starting this afternoon when you leave here today, say, Holy Spirit, would you reveal to me all the time I have actually in my life to lean in? Would you like, would you just quicken my spirit so that I can remember that actually in that moment when I'm filling it with something here, I could be leaning into the heart of heaven. What do we fill our moments with when we don't have anything scheduled? And then the question is, how do we schedule? Did you know that the Holy Spirit wants to help you with your schedule? 
that God wants to speak to you? What if we actually, like we would put any appointment in our phone, what if we actually put in our calendar intentional time to be quiet? Life can be noisy, right? Life is so noisy. I was at a birthday party the other night. People were so happy and so loud. It was wonderful. But I, what I found myself having to do was continually lean in to hear the person I was talking to. And no, I'm not going hard of hearing. I just had to keep leaning in because I couldn't hear what they were saying. I, yesterday, I, this happened to me. I drove through the drive through the coffee shop to get a coffee. I gave my order, right? I'll take a grande dark roast with cream and like a half a Splenda. Don't judge me for the Splenda. <laughs> right? So I give this very simple order. Just as, a couple seconds later, did you want cream? Yeah, I'll take cream and like a half a Splenda. I was like... This happened, third time comes, did you say you wanted sugar? <laughs> and I literally started laughing. I mean, you can get angry or you can laugh, right? So I like to laugh. I laughed and this sweet girl taking my order, she said, I'm so sorry. She said, it's so noisy in here. I have so many people talking in my ear. I said, that's perfect for my sermon tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you very much, right? It's literally happened yesterday. How many sounds and how many voices do we have talking in our ears? I mean, we have so many more sounds and so many more voices than we could ever have had 25 years ago, and they're always there. And I want to tell you, church, I don't care how good or bad, whatever it is you're watching or listening to, if you're filling your ear and you're paying attention more to what is going on in the news or anything else, you will not be able to listen. You'll not be able to hear what he is saying to you. And then what happens is, is that, that then we come to this place I hear so often where we think we can't hear from God. Guys, he's speaking to us. It's just that it's so noisy he can't even get a word in. Don't believe the lie that he's not speaking to you. He may not be able to get a word in edgewise. Sometimes I think we don't realize how much noise pollution is happening until we enter into silence. The point is, we are created to hear, but we have to position ourselves to, he to hear. Lean in and be quiet. How's the time flying by so quick? If there was a third point to positioning ourselves to hear, it'd be this. Don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to ask. James chapter one, five to eight, you know this. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it'll be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. The message says this. If you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. How many of you don't know what you're doing sometimes? Like, how many of you need to hear from God? I do too. How many need the wisdom of heaven? I've got good news for you today. He loves to help. 
He loves to help, and he loves to give generously to all. That's everybody, without scolding you, without rebuking you. But the one requirement is that you ask in faith and that you believe that when you ask, he's going to speak to you. Church, some of us aren't hearing because somewhere along the way we got shut down and didn't believe that we could hear. I want to tell you today, you can hear the voice of your father. I actually want to break that lie off because I believe today people are going to walk out of here and you're going to walk out in a believing again that you can hear. You're going to take some of these things and you're going to put them into practice and you're all of a sudden going to hear the voice of God like you've never heard him before. See, sometimes we ask and we don't hear right away and then we stop asking and unbelief comes in and jams us up. These weird little lies try and tell us that others hear, but we don't. But what, sometimes I'll say this to you, what if we're asking, well, what if what we're asking isn't what he's talking about? This is another thing. When we ask, sometimes he's not interested in talking about what we're asking. He's interested in talking about something better. What if what we're asking isn't actually what we need to hear about? Right? See, sometimes we can give in and quit because we didn't hear what we wanted to hear, but it's not that he isn't releasing wisdom and speaking or answering our prayer. It's just sometimes he isn't speaking about what we think he needs to be speaking about. And sometimes we want God to say things that he's not saying. But let me assure you that whatever he's talking about is exactly what we need to hear. Would you stand with me this morning? I was reminded of this verse in Proverbs 25 too. It says, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, to hide things. It's the glory of kings to search this out. Church, guess what? We get to search out what he's saying. I heard somebody say once, he doesn't hide things from us. He hides things for us. And we get to search them out. But if we don't believe that he wants to talk to us, we'll be shut down. How many say, I want to hear better? I want to hear better. Would you just lift your hands all over this room today? I pray in Jesus' name right now that every lie that has been believed or would say otherwise would be broken. That in Jesus' name, I declare over you that you hear the voice of the Lord. You are not cut off. You were designed to hear, and he is generous towards you in every way. Now, just as your hands are lifted, just begin to thank him. Just begin to thank him for speaking to you. Come on, let's do it out loud together. Just begin to thank him for speaking to you. We're going to just let that go out loud. Would you do it? Just say, thank you for speaking to me. Thank you for revealing. Come on. Let's take just a couple of minutes. I really mean it. Let's just thank you. Thank you for wisdom and revelation. Thank you for the strategies of heaven that you want to speak over my life. Thank you for wisdom and revelation and understanding. Come on, there's a, there's a something in faith to be released. Really, I mean, just lift it up. Just say, thank you for talking to me. Thank you that you're generous towards me.
Maybe you're at home watching. Just church, just keep thanking him. I encourage you at home in the family center. Just keep thanking him. Just thank you that you speak to me. When you thank him for this, you're like breaking off the lies that he doesn't speak to you. Thank you that you speak to me. I just even right now, release Acts 2. Just dreams and visions over the church right now. I pray for a release of Holy Spirit dreams, Holy Spirit visions. I ask for Holy Spirit prophecies to begin to be released and to begin to flow. I ask for inner knowing, inner Holy Spirit leadings to be released. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, you'd release even checks in people's spirits about things. I thank you that peace leads us. I thank you that we'll follow the peace. Right now, I pray that in Jesus' name. I pray for an activation right now, an impartation. Jesus, you hear the voice of the Lord. And we posture ourselves to say yes to your will. And we believe it will invite your voice to speak to us. And I pray that in Jesus' name. And everybody said... (laughs) I love to give the Lord a clap of praise, so let's do it. Come on. Yeah.